Ukraine retreats an embarrassing defeat, so naturally, Neocon Lindsay becomes an America firster again. Taylor Swift and her gal pal go full-on Luciferian at the Super Bowl, but only after America's sweetheart played Satan in a music video. Meanwhile, the culture of death kicks into high gear as Minnesota prepares to legalize euthanasia. And what's the world's moral leader doing about it? Why, he just promoted a Nobel Prize-winning mRNA scientist to the Pontifical Academy for life. Yep, it's official. You just can't make this stuff up. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt, and this is The Remnant Underground, coming to you from remnant-tv.com exclusively. So... Are we all ready for World War III? Something's going to come this year, right, to upset the election. It seems like that's what the Uniparty wants. And I'm ready to send this guy as much money as he needs. Бажаю здоров'я, шановні українці, українки. Є позитив зі Сполучених Штатів. Щойно Сенат проголосував за продовження підтримки нашої країни. Я дякую лідеру більшості в Сенаті Чаку Шумеру та лідеру республіканців Мітчу МакКоннеллу за рішучість та морально сильний вибір. Демократія точно вистоїть. Talking about this travesty since it started for two years come this March. But now it's become such an obvious travesty that even Mr. Neocon himself is actually incredibly tapping the brakes. To the Prime Minister of Poland, I want to help Ukraine. I want to help make a stronger NATO. But my country is on fire. We've had seven million people come across a broken border. How would you feel if seven million people came in illegally into Poland? Would you have this attitude? We got to put Ukraine ahead of Poland. I am not going to put Ukraine, Israel, or anybody else ahead of America. Holy cow, that's a big deal. Mr. Teflon politician always got the finger in the air seeing which way the wind is going to blow, always going to end up on top. He's pulling back? Lindsey Graham? He's going all America first on us? Isn't that something? And you know why that is? Ukrainian troops have left their position in southern Avdivka in the east of Ukraine in a bid to avoid being surrounded and submerged by Russian forces. The town, located north of the Russian-held regional capital of Donetsk, has been a front line since 2014. Every thinking American, well, who's not Mike Pence, has finally figured it out that this whole thing is one neocon whopper. Pretty much everything that NBC News and the New York Times have told you about the war in Ukraine is a lie. The Russian army is incompetent, they claim. Ukraine is a democracy. Vladimir Putin is Hitler and he's trying to take over the world. Thankfully, the Ukrainians are winning. None of that is true. As a noted conspiracy theorist and vocal critic of U.S. support to Ukraine, Tucker Carlson is already well known as a bit of a Kremlin mouthpiece. So in his two-hour interview with Vladimir Putin in Moscow this week, it's no surprise he mostly just sat there 
as Putin effectively steamrolled him with revisionist history and disinformation. Notably, Tucker did not challenge Putin's baseless accusation that the United States orchestrated a coup in Ukraine in 2014. Ah, yes. Circle back, Jen. The old conspiracy theory that even lifelong Democrats are now readily conceding is nothing more than the recent history of the region. Well, then in 97, we're going to move NATO a thousand miles to the east and take 15 countries into it and surround the Soviet Union. We then overthrow the government. In 2014, their elected government and put in a Western sympathetic government. Russia then has to go into Crimea because they have a port at Vladivostok. It's their only warm water port. And they know the new government that we just installed is going to invite the U.S. Navy into their port. So then the Russians go in. They only send 40,000 people. It's a nation of 44 million people. They clearly do not intend to conquer Ukraine but they want us back at the negotiating table. The Russians just want a guarantee that Ukraine won't join NATO. Zelensky signs the treaty, Putin's people sign the treaty, and Putin starts withdrawing the Russian troops in good faith. And what happens? Joe Biden sends Boris Johnson, the British prime minister, over to Ukraine in April and forces him to tear up the treaty. And since then, 450,000 kids have died. But there's still at least half the country that either doesn't know it at all, doesn't care, or is just utterly clueless about this. And this is astonishing because it really could, and something doesn't happen, no, it really could lead to a war, a ground war, a shooting war, if not a world war, if not a nuclear war, uh, involving our country, involving our sons and now daughters in a, in a crazy Eastern European country for no reason whatsoever. And most people just don't even know. And see, that that's just the point. America is being systematic, systematically dismantled. That's why the Make America Great Again thing was such a threat to these folks and still is. And now, under Biden, if it's going to take World War III to finish the job off so we can have equity and inclusion all throughout the world, well, so let it happen. And let it be said that the blood of the Americans watered the tree of the Novus Ordo Seculorum, right? So go back to sleep, America. Don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> just don't worry. Tell, tell me more about your pronouns. One more time here. Which pronouns you want to use again? Really important to me, you know? And, uh, and then... I just watched the Super Bowl for the commercials. They're so funny. <laughs> oh, so you need a billion-dollar beer company to entertain you. You look forward to a cavity-causing crap-in-a-can commercial, known as soda, to the peon public to make you laugh. You've become so overstimulated, so brain-damaged from the mentally enslaving mainstream media that you look forward to having these billion-dollar companies entertain you with a 30-second commercial. Beer, soda, Doritos, junk food, garbage. This is your entertainment. This is what has happened to America. While you're watching a bunch of men running around in tights chasing a ball. You know, my dog is as easily entertained as most football fans. Hey, look, he's got the ball. <laughs> now, of course, okay, you know, he's just a conspiracy theorist. Um, and only a crazy nut job conspiracy theorist would be talking that way about America's favorite pastime, right? The football thing. Conspiracy theories. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. But first, a word from our sponsor tonight, which is Charity Mobile, which is America's pro-life phone company. They've got nearly 30 years experience, 30 years in the business of helping and saving and doing everything they can to save the unborn. 
And the thing is that when you sign up with them, 5% of your monthly plan, the price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. And for a limited time, new customers who mention the offer code REMNANTTV get a free phone with free activation. It's great, plus free shipping. Really no reason not to. There are no contracts, so please, Call Charity Mobile today. That's at 1-877-474-3662. Again, that's 1-877-474-3662. Or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. So back to, uh, are you ready for some football? By the way, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. This is just, today I was going through the clips going, holy cow, what has happened, you know? Some really family-friendly blasphemy in the commercial lineup this time. That's seriously weird. And, and I smell a little Francis in that one, don't you? But I think we should just let the Babylon Bee connect the dots. Uh, but, you know, the point they're trying to make there is that the whole Super Bowl has been eclipsed by uh, really questionable stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the wacky commercials have become disturbing, many of them very disturbing. Uh, also, the Super Bowl this year, as we talked about uh, two weeks ago, being eclipsed by something called Taylor Swift, which is this guy's girlfriend, right, Walter? Is that how that works? I believe so. Yes, the guy who was screaming at his coach, right? Uh, I don't know a single thing about Taylor Swift, do you? I can't think of a song. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No. Excellent. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she. all I do know is that she has millions of minions, uh, and they can't get enough of her real, really radical extremism, while for some reason, even a lot of traditional Catholics are still running around thinking she's a, a Christian of some sort. But this is this is much more what, what, what Dear Taylor stands for. I got my census the other day, and there were two choices for gender, there was male and female. And that erasure was so upsetting to me, the erasure of transgender and non-binary people. Here is one of her gal pals, something called Ice Spice, doing devil horns. This is pretty interesting, you know, that, that that's going on. She's right next to Taylor Swift in the box. She's got an upside down cross, crucifix, whatever it is around her neck. How much more obvious can it get, you know? The signs are starting to pop up all over the place, you know. I mean, the most satanic thing about it all is you know, the whole idea of do as thou wilt shall become the whole of the law. That's where we are for sure now. But now it seems like, I mean, culturally, but now it seems like they really want to make sure that everybody knows it, that they're in league with some sort of dark, you know, the dark side, whatever it is. And meanwhile, of course, Taylor Swift's love interest in this national feel-good fairy tale uh, also has an important message for the masses. 
Travis, did you know you can get this season's COVID-19 shot when you get your flu shot? Oh, two things at once. Two things at once! Two things at once! Travis, ask about getting this season's COVID-19 shot when getting your flu shot. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Uh, so what are we actually looking at here? What are we looking at? Where does it typically end up? Well, the short answer, that's easy. The cemetery. That's where it ends up. She listened to the, uh, the BS. She listened to the safe and effective. And it killed her. From the day she got the shot to the day she died was 112 days. A little over three months. You know, in our enlightened society, we have replaced Christendom now with a death cult. And while we traditional Catholics were among the very first to point this out 50, 60 years ago, we're certainly not the last ones, thanks be to God. The World Economic Forum. The WF view, which is that, quite frankly, there's too many people on the planet. And every time I hear that, I think just exactly what spirit is saying that. And just precisely who the hell do you think should go? And just exactly how? So, the question is what to do about it. And I guess that's what we're going to talk. We're going to, holy cow. The YouTube cops are here in, here in the underground. That means we gotta, we got to make a quick change. The red light is flashing. So if you are watching us on YouTube, I'm very sorry. But you will have to now go over to remnant-tv.com for part two, The Cult of Death. It's remnant-tv.com where all the cool kids are hanging out. And we'll see you over there. I now identify as someone who's had enough of Karen from YouTube. And seriously, it really is time, in my opinion, as I explained in some depth this week, uh, to make a move. Because now we have a full offering. Everybody's out of the closet. Now we know exactly what they want. We know exactly what they did over COVID. We know how they're lying in politics. We know what they want. And what they want, what they're offering, is death. What spirit animates them? Well, if you believe people are the problem, then that is, of course, a genocidal spirit. If I believe that the problem with my kitchen is that it has too many mice, the solution is to kill the mice. Too many roaches, I kill the roaches. They're the problem, they're the impediment. And so make no mistake, and this sort of tracks with what I was saying earlier, don't lie to yourself about the agenda. If people are the problem and you're a person, then your life is in the way of whatever goals they're seeking to achieve. By definition, am I missing something? No, I'm not. It's a demonic spirit. Right here in flyover land, for example, this week, today or tomorrow, they're voting on death. Today is a really momentous day. Um, it's the first day in my knowledge that we will be uh, not just hearing, but voting on the End of Life Options Act um, in the House Health Committee. Mike Freeberg stood alongside terminally ill advocates for physician-assisted death on Thursday, explaining each of them why they support the legislation. I promised my family that I would fight this ugly disease until there's no hope left, and my death is inevitable. So if there are no more treatment options, then I deserve more death options. That's in Flyoverland, Minnesota. That's, that's in a couple little towns founded by Catholic missionary priests. People like Father Hannafin, Father Galtier. You know, what, what has happened to Catholic Minnesota? I don't know, left. 
Vatican II happened, the Catholic presence disappeared. Nobody cares what the Catholic Church talks about anymore in this town. It's become a joke that was on, on purpose. So what's this going to look like for us now in the next few months or whenever this happens, this euthanasia thing? What's it going to look like? Well, I think we just have to look up over the border to our poor Canadian friends who have been way ahead of us for a long time on some of this stuff and ask them, what's it like? Amir Farsoud has applied for medically assisted dying, known as MAID. He lives in constant agony due to a back injury, but has started the process for end of life because his rooming house is up for sale and he can't find anywhere else to live that he can afford. He barely survives on Ontario disability support payments, which are just over $1,200 a month. He doesn't want to die, but being homeless is not an option. I know in my present health condition I would survive it anyway. Farsud meets the criteria for MAID, physical suffering due to disability that cannot be relieved. His doctor, who knows Farsud's real reason for MAID is his fear of being homeless, signed off on the application in August. You're leaving the morality of all this stuff, what's happened up in Canada, what's now happening in Minnesota. Do you actually think <laughs> that they're going to keep this death option up to you, up to us, up to any of us. For, for two years, friends, they've been forcing people to lose their jobs, lose their livelihoods, lose their homes, lose their sanity, even lose their kids over an experimental COVID vaccine. <laughs> Do you think these people have enough conscience to allow us to decide in the future who lives and who dies? Are, are, are you kidding? You know, and right now, what they did to people over COVID is just becoming clear to people. He took them to a park, they got Here. off the truck and took off running across the parking lot and he collapsed. It's considered a sudden arrhythmic death, a cardiac arrest directly related to COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. Pfizer did murder my son. If I murder a child, I will be sitting in the penitentiary for murdering a child. Why aren't these people in jail? locked up and now the same science that did that to those people the same science you know in canada here in minnesota they're recommending death as a treatment for homelessness a death as a treatment as i say for depression death as a treatment for old age this is dries wang he was the Netherlands Prime Minister from 1977 until 1982. He has died by euthanasia. And he died with his wife, Eugenie. In fact, there is a term used to define this. It is called duo euthanasia. The former Dutch Prime Minister died hand in hand with his wife. They both had health issues for some time. And before, this was before they decided to choose death, they couldn't live without each other. This story gave me goosebumps. It's a heart-wrenching story of not letting anything come in the way of love. That's what passes for a love story. Killing old people in this brave new world of ours. And so, yeah, they're, they're, that's optional. They're, 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 they're never going to force anybody to die, would they? Nah, you think? Not these guys. I mean, it's not like they've been murdering babies in the wombs by the millions for the past half century or anything, right? Just trust the science, man. Uh, as we've seen in data published by the ONS, non-COVID excess deaths come
continue to run higher than they should. People are dying unexpectedly across all age groups, particularly, it seems, at home. Since restrictions in March 2020, there have been 111,000 excess deaths in people's own homes. And in the week ending 22nd of December 2023, deaths at home were 11% higher than the five-year average. In the first 11 months of 2023, over 21,000 excess deaths took place at home, roughly one every 25 minutes. Just last month, an article in The Lancet, co-authored by the Head of Mortality Analysis at the ONS, stated that while the causes of these excess deaths are likely to be multiple, ONS data did show some clear trends. In particular, the largest relative excess of deaths since the pandemic occurred in young and middle-aged adults, with cardiac deaths happening outside of hospitals the most elevated. In other words, young and previously healthy people are dying at home from cardiac-related events, and we don't know why. It's just huge numbers of de people have died excessively, more than we would expect, and many of these, the majority of these, not attributable to COVID. September the 11th, 2021. There was 2,996 deaths, including 19 terrorists. Here we're talking well over 100,000 excess deaths, and no one officially seems to be taking this seriously. And what he's talking about there, that's just in the, that's in the UK, over here in the States. <laughs> it's much, much worse, but you don't know about that, do you? And if we were over on YouTube, we, we, we wouldn't be allowed to talk about that. You see? Culture of death. Uh, Dr. Mark, it's great to have you on. The Hill writes the following. This is bigger than COVID. Why are so many Americans dying early? It goes on to say life insurers have been consistently sounding the alarm over these unexpected or excess deaths, which claimed 158,000 more Americans in the first nine months of 2023 than in the same period 2019. That exceeds America's combined losses from every war since Vietnam. Mortality up 26%, Dr. Mark, among 35 to 44-year-olds up 19% among 25 to 34-year-olds. What in the world is going on? You're wondering if maybe there's some sort of a, a death cult going on? Of course there is. I mean, wh why is nobody saying right now, gee, maybe we shouldn't have pushed so hard with this massive experiment with people's lives? Huh, isn't that weird? Nobody's saying that. And they're not even just simply observing a pregnant silence and just hoping nobody notices. They're still pushing. They're still pushing this. Even the Vatican, well, I should maybe say especially the Vatican, even the Vatican gets into this act. You know, this headline, child vaccination despite documented deaths soon after jab. <laughs> you remember this? Do you remember? This guy writes, even when children show no symptoms, they should be vaccinated, as they can still spread the virus. <laughs> I'm sorry, but who the hell is this guy? I thought he was a priest. What, does he play a doctor on TV? Because what he said there turned out to be a total crock. A total lie. And this isn't just some Vatican nobody. This is Pope Francis's president of the Pontifical Academy for Life. <laughs> it's the same guy, by the way, as Pallia, who more recently was, of course, calling for the Vatican to do more to support gay couples. <laughs> 
Just vaccinate all the kitties. Let's just see what happens, right, Archbishop Paglia? Well, here for your information, here's the rest of the story. The CDC has an advisory panel that advises nationally, advises our country on what vaccines children should take. It's called ACIP, A-C-I-P. And in an unprecedented and shocking move, ACIP approved the messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, to be installed into the childhood vaccine schedule. Now, all the prior vaccines had to go through development, full FDA licensure, approval, testing, and they had to have, at the time they were introduced, they had to have some medical necessity, clinical indication, and have some track record on safety uh, and efficacy to ever even get put on the vaccine schedule. But the COVID-19 vaccines were not fully FDA approved, not licensed. They're under emergency use authorization. Their genetic mechanism of action would be the first genetic shot that would, a child would ever receive. There was no assurances on short or long-term safety. Friends, as I said, it should be getting a lot easier for us to know what we have to do, <laughs> to do the right thing. This is, this is, this is sick. This is perverse. And there's really only one word that adequately describes what these globalists, including the Vatican, what they've been doing to the world. And frankly, just considering the, the, frankly, the evil frequency from the beginning of this pandemic, the, you know, the lockdowns, the forcing people to stay at home, the not having people, allowing people to say bye-bye to people they love, just all the horrific things, the firing of people who you know, stuck it out during the pandemic, but then passed on the, on the vaccine after, after the vaccines were available. All the evil. You think it's likely happening that humanity itself is being changed forever by this round of mRNA vaccines? Yes, I do. I do. And yet, and yet... On February 10th, just a few days ago, Pope Francis appointed this lady to the Vatican's Pontifical Academy for life. She is the 2023 Nobel Prize winner for helping to develop the mRNA technology. These vaccines are honestly, they're, they're the antichrist of all products. If you're not feeling disturbed right now, I think you should be to think about the person who developed this thing, which the Surgeon General in Florida calls, rightly calls, in my opinion, evil. The person who helped develop the thing now works for the Vatican's Pontifical Academy for Life. Do you, do you know what that means? Right now, friends, the Vatican is not in the hands merely of modernists anymore. The Vatican is in the hands of monsters. Monsters. Out there trying to vaccinate your kids, vaccinate the whole world, the children of the world with an experimental <laughs> product <laughs> that's killing millions of people. At least arguably killing millions of people. We're going to find out real soon, aren't we? And even if you say, well, it's not that many, we don't know yet. We're still, you know, the, the evidence is still out there. So what? 
enough have died already that one would think the Vatican would say, hey, guys, what do you say we go back to the spiritual game? Because uh, this, uh, this is not looking good for us. But no, they're not doing that, are they? They're pushing ahead with vigor. They're, they're on fire for this. They want more children vaccinated. The Vatican does. And you're out there defending them? And the viewers, you can go look at it yourself. You won't find it on the Google search engine because it's hidden. They don't want you to see this. But you will find it on any other search engine. Just go to Pfizer, P-F-I-Z-E-R, 5.3.6, and then go to page 7. You'll see in the first 10 weeks of rollout, it was the deadliest drug ever known to man. I challenge anybody watching this, as I've done for the last two years, to show me another drug rollout that's had more than 1,223 dead people after the vaccine. It doesn't exist. So here's the thing, friends. As you know, you know, being aware of what's happening, being fully cognizant of what's going on is the best way to begin to do something about it. You first have to admit there's a problem. We're still working on that, I think. We still have the big microphone people out there spreading mis and disinformation about how fantastic Pope Francis actually is. You just got to read the right translations. Check the footnotes, you know. Got a little work to do. Most people are waking up, which is thanks be to God, you know. So what do we do? What are we doing right now? What, what, what should we do? I think the first, the first thing uh, we have to do is we've got to stop the silence. That's why we're transitioning over from YouTube, by the way. No more pulling punches. No more editing ourselves. No more. Not doing that anymore. Stop the silence. We've got to pray, of course. We have recourse to Our Lady, to the power of the rosary. And then we go out into the street and we demand an accounting of everyone, including the Vatican, including Pope Francis. Stop defending the indefensible. This man is indefensible now. Stop defending him. And then we personally have, a, I think, have an obligation. Once you become very aware of the extent to which evil is triumphing in the world, then we need to, we need to set ourselves apart. We need to be willing to suffer anything, to be mocked even for being different than everybody else. We may have to miss the Super Bowl moving forward. We may have to sit it out. We may have to stop listening to the music and watching the movies. You never know. It might be that we have to do that. But that's not exactly being beheaded for Christ, is it? It's not exactly being burned at the stake, is it? I always say to my kids, you got to start practicing for martyrdom now. you got to start denying yourself some of this stuff if you have any, ch any hope of coming through in the end. This is easy. A Super Bowl? Are you teasing me? We have to be willing to die for the truth of Jesus Christ. Die for the defense of Jesus. That's not me. That's what you all learned and promised when you were confirmed. That you would rather die than deny the faith of Jesus Christ. Well, the folks that are entertaining us right now are mocking Jesus Christ at every chance that they can get. They're destroying our children, their souls, their morality, their minds, and their bodies. So Lent is here. We're all trying, right, to hang on by our fingertips, to keep the faith. Lent is here, trying to become better people. I know it's difficult, but we need to have conversations. How can we help each other be better people? 
I think maybe one of the things that we should do is we should be preparing for spiritual war. Get ready for it. Each and every one of us should resolve right now to, to come out from among them, to take your family and take your children out from among them right now. They're the living dead. They're vampires. They're killers. They're psychos. Come out from among them. And remember this, we've talked about it before, but it's so important right now, where there literally not only are people afraid to speak, but big tech, everybody's forcing us into silence. I think it's really, really important to remember that all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing and good women to do nothing and good young people, especially to do nothing. Um, young people out there, are you ready? Are you ready? I think you are. I met lots of you, like on the Sharp Pilgrimage and around the world at conferences, Catholic Identity Conference. I met a lot of you. I think many of the young people are ready for this, ready for this war, ready to answer the call, ready to sacrifice for Christ, for the truth of Christ, right? How can we expect righteousness to prevail? Asked one of my little heroes, Sophie Scholl moments before she was beheaded for speaking out against the Nazi regime. They took her head off for it. How can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause, she said. And then her very last words on earth, it's a splendid sunny day and I have to go. You see, Sophie Scholl was willing to give herself up. She was willing. And she was, I don't know, 21 years old when she died? I don't remember. Young, just a young, beautiful girl. Gave up everything. You know? And she was so at peace with this horrific death that she faced in a courtyard where there's a guillotine standing there. So at peace that she takes the time to appreciate the sun, the warm light of the sun on her face as she approaches this, this guillotine, this Nazi guillotine. And then her martyrdom, that's what changed the situation. That's what changes the history. See this all the way back to the beginning of Christianity. The martyrs are the ones that changed history far more dramatically than the failed, most of the crusades were, fail, were failures. There were good men who were trying to, but the martyrs were massive successes, weren't they? It's on their bones and in their blood that Christ built Christendom, right? They changed history. So in the case of Sophie Scholl, she wasn't a Catholic, but she was willing to, 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 to lay down her life for her country, right? As were so many of the great heroes of that time that we need to look to right now because we're living through a very similar situation. There were martyrs in the Soviet Union, martyrs in Nazi Germany, martyrs throughout Europe during the Second World War. You know, men like Father Maxim Kolbe, the 10 martyred Polish sisters of the Holy Family of Nazareth, executed by the Gestapo in August of 1943. There were 2,579 Catholic priests and monks imprisoned in Dachau. Did you know that? That's how Dachau got started. Almost 3,000 priests were considered political prisoners at the time for refusing to go along with the regime. This is between the years 1938 and 1945. Do you know what else? 1,034 of them died there. 
died in Dachau. So that's what Christians used to be willing to do and ready to do for the cause of truth. And the question we have in closing tonight, we gotta make sure that we're, we're Christian enough to follow suit, right? Because they're talking about this. We have to be different, we have to be set apart. We have to earn the right to be set apart like they were. They changed history. And that's why we're still telling their story today. Why? Because like every martyr, back to the little Agnes's and the little Philomena's and the little Cecilia's, right? Tarsisius is every one of them. They knew that evil would triumph if they did nothing. And so, the Super Bowl, the vaccines, your stupid pronouns, really friends, seriously, to hell with all of it.